0: Welcome to our podcast, Ascenta Insights. I'm your host, Nanda Felding, a senior partner at Ascenta Partners, an executive search firm in London, where I run the global consumer and brand practice. The pandemic has inspired us to take a fresh approach to our business and leverage one of our greatest assets, our global network of executives. We have launched this Ascenta Insight series to answer specific questions around many business-critical topics. In collaboration with Johanna, Akcretcia and Co, a tech entrepreneur and strategic management consultant, I'll be joined by a guest speaker in each episode. These subject matter experts are happy to share the knowledge with you a global audience in this episode we are speaking with imogen josh an experienced senior executive she took up a portfolio non-executive role from 2016 and currently works with quota businesses and professional service firms people growth and transformation are her key areas of input and she chairs remuneration committees for most of her boards aiming to encourage purpose action and delivery Imogen's executive career took a highly commercial path with sales leadership roles in the Financial Times Group in former PLC and the London Stock Exchange, where she built global teams and businesses in what eventually became the fintech sector. Her big finish was the president of two 1 billion plus revenue data analytics businesses within the S&P global portfolio. Since the world's landscape changed this year, she has become further embedded in the businesses with which she works, getting even more involved with people, culture, and change agendas, helping leadership teams manage risk, operate with decency, and drive their businesses to embrace opportunity. The morphing of DNI from being something that businesses are thoughtful about and the best take purposeful action on to being at the core of strategic thinking and a critical component of transformation programming has been her long-term goal. Finally, it's front and center, and she is deeply involved in making this an advantage for businesses, their people, and their clients. I will leave you in her capable hands and hope you enjoy this first episode.
1: Thanks, Nanda. Thanks so much for inviting me to share a few of my thoughts gleaned in in the past weeks through my work on a variety of boards and with some great CEOs and leadership teams. The theme I was asked to reflect on was around the relevance of strategy in the midst of this pandemic. I'm going to speak to strategy in the widest sense, business strategy from which flows the subsectors of people commercial corporate etc that overarching strategy is the thinking and the planning that takes you to your vision and goals it should always be a piece of work that's constantly reviewed revisited and sense checked for relevance and through this piece i'm going to be touching on what i'm taking as the positives from the world that we find ourselves in today I've seen the amount of networking and conversations that are taking place now between leaders seeking to validate their thinking, share ideas and just download. It's increased exponentially as the pandemic has evolved. Even though we can't meet face to face, the levels of connectivity and collaboration across teams and businesses has exploded in a great way. And that for me is positive number one. The constant refrain right now is that the world's an uncertain place. Agreed. But are we going to stand still and mark time until we emerge into the new normal? Let's be honest, there will be no fixed new normal. There will be whatever comes next. So let's call it the next normal if we must, and that will evolve again, and the world will keep turning. We have to focus on what we know and do some educated guessing around what might come next. So let's focus on what we do know. We know our business, how we make money. We know our people, the talented people that deliver on our promises to clients. And we know those clients. Those are the three legs of the stool upon which we build our strategy. None of those things have changed. And that's positive number two. The way we work, the way we service clients The need for our products and services and the economic and market environment have altered enormously, but we've got some great facts to work with and to anchor onto. While the landscape is changing, the core of your strategy will retain relevance. You might want to adapt, adjust, and please accelerate parts of it, but the fundamental elements of what you hope to achieve and who you're going to do it with and for may look remarkably similar. The how is likely to be the most change factor. I would suggest that now is probably not the time to bet the ranch on a left field idea, but it might be the time to really analyse your choices and be bold where you can operate with facts. Our world has constantly changed since the day we started our businesses. Admittedly, not always as cataclysmically as it did earlier this year. And how have we always handled that? We take a look at the fundamentals of what has changed and we adapt. Sure, this time we didn't have the luxury of a planning cycle. We had to jump in the pool and learn to swim before we'd even had a chance to change into our swimsuit. But we have the muscle memory of what needs to happen. Analyze the environment, manage the initial risk and shock, and pivot onto your vision and strategy, taking into account the changes that we need to make. And here's a crazy thought. Let's do that with our customers and potential customers. They've been doing their own reflection on what sorts of products and services they will need for their pivoted strategy. So please ask clients what's changing for them, what rocks their world and what keeps them awake at night. My experience is that they will be open. People are sharing their worries and their thinking in a more intimate way than ever before. You have the opportunity to forge real partnerships now, not just transactional consumer provider relationships. I was talking with the general counsel of a FTSE 250 business last week, and he was saying that the ways that suppliers work with their clients now are really going to be remembered. Give a little now, go the extra mile in their time of uncertainty, and you'll be rewarded with their trust and future business. Loyalty is the holy grail in business relationships, and that's where the highest value can be achieved. We all have the opportunity right now to supercharge our client relationships. They're receptive and they need you. Positive number three. Let's turn to the more operational side of things. The infrastructure of people, processes, buildings and technology. These are the elements that when things are moving along nicely and you're tracking to plan or above or maybe just a bit below, we might be guilty of just leaving alone. It's a luxury that we rarely afford ourselves to plan a total overhaul of who we are, where we operate from, how we operate and with what tools. And yet around March of this year, we did exactly that successfully. The world didn't end we communicated with our people our suppliers and our clients and the fact that we weren't all jumping on planes trains and automobiles meant that we were more present for all of them and we had more thinking time time to think about operational excellence and what that means for our people processes buildings and technology many's the boardroom that had some of the following discussions Maybe we knew that we had some wasted office space and we were going to address it in due course, probably by reducing occupancy through a gentle programme of working from home occasionally. Maybe as we thought about talent planning, we were limiting our fishing grounds to, to areas close to our metropolitan hubs. Maybe we'd limited our use of digital collaboration tools to certain teams who felt more comfortable with the use of technology. Others preferring to stick to the obligatory biscuit and sandwich filled meetings that were always slated for 60 minute increments. We now all operate on Zoom and Teams and, and others. And when we have met and done what we needed to do, maybe you're finding, as I am, that we just say goodbye and we sign off. And who knew? The meeting lasted 27 minutes, not the slated 60. We're more productive and more focused around the delivery of our strategy. Productivity, focus, empowerment, action orientation, and the removal of the word procrastination from our vocabulary. These make up positive number four. I'll caveat this point with a little critical piece around making sure that we and our people are keeping some delineation of work and home life. My colleague Gillian Fox will shortly be delivering a great podcast in this series that talks to managing the perils of being constantly on. I'd encourage you to check it out. My other passion along with the customer is our talented people. I bang on about them at every board meeting I attend We can have the best strategic thinking going but without the right people to deliver it it will never happen and come to think of it without the right people we'd never have the best strategic thinking in the first place i love the work that i do with boards now as i will only work with organizations who give me access all areas the idea of just sitting in the boardroom and working with my non-exec colleagues and the top team however talented and insightful they might be it's not enough I want to connect with and listen to a wide range of people throughout the organization. I operated in the same way when I was a CEO, finding ways and excuses to dip into and across teams to sell my strategy, and most importantly, to listen to a broad range of voices. Every leader needs to have an understanding of how their strategy is landing with their people. Do they get it? Do they have ideas as to how it might be improved or how its execution could be accelerated? There's a reasonable probability that our clients look more like the majority of the organisation who don't sit at the top table. So shouldn't we be listening to those people to get their take on our opportunities and how that could be reflected in our strategy? Particularly at a time when we will be reviewing, adapting and changing, you cannot over-communicate with your people. But that has its challenges. As one CEO said to me a couple of weeks ago, he's gone from having a business with five key working hubs to one with two and a half thousand, and he needs to connect with all of them. So please think about how you do this. Think about your messages, think about your audience, think about your channel, be authentic, share your thinking as transparently as you can, and for heaven's sake, invite dialogue. I've had the privilege of working with some extraordinary teams in my career. And what those teams had in common was that we worked to create a sense of why not? Why can't we be the best at what we do? Why can't we be the team that others aspire to join? Why can't we change the game, design the rules and make sure that we win? So please, let's not talk about going back to normal. We're not going back to anything. We are moving forward. What I want for us all now as we navigate the coming months, is to ensure that we use this unprecedented level of disruption to engender positive change in the ways that we plan and execute on our strategy. Strategy that means that we will be more inclusive and open to new ideas and ways of working. We have already achieved extraordinary things in the ways that we've kept delivering to our customers and kept people safe and engaged. As leaders, we've reflected more in the past 12 weeks on what we stand for and what we want to be known for than at any time in my 35-year career. We are in the perfect storm of virus, technological advancement and digitalisation and social foment. Diversity and inclusion. This is no longer a statistic that we all strive for. Now it is a table stake. Our people, clients and investors are saying don't talk to me unless you're showing me that this means more than words. As business leaders, we have a responsibility to do the right thing, to behave with decency and fairness, and to take that outside our business environment and into broader society. Our people are already considering what sort of an organisation they want to work for, and we will be judged by our actions now and in the coming weeks as never before. Your strategy underpins everything that you do. That hasn't changed. Good leaders manage the risks and the opportunities. Great leaders weave into that a broader societal thread that has the capacity to change the landscape in even greater ways than COVID has managed. And for me,
0: that is a huge positive number five. Thank you so much, Imogen. And that was great. Love the positivity. As Imogen mentioned, we will be hosting a podcast with Gillian Fox next week, who will address how to remain agile post-COVID as an organization please consider subscribing to the Ascenta Insights podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks so much for listening.